Welcome oh, wait, wait, wait. Are we recording? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. We need to leave that in, but okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 92 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host is Dade. Tonight, we're talking about values and priorities, but first, let's talk about what we're consuming. Dade, what is exciting in your world? All right. Well, I feel like not much is exciting. I just got through my first week off. I have the whole month of May off, and so I spent my whole week just kind of relaxing. And it has been pretty amazing. I do feel, yeah, I mean, I feel a little bad. I I think that the topic of this show is is pretty timely um, because I did spend some time last week trying to figure out, you know, priorities and values and and stuff. But like overall, I caught up on my sleep because I apparently was very tired. Um, My first full day off, I decided to not set an alarm and I slept for 12 hours. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then that messed up my entire sleep schedule. So now I'm falling asleep. I mean, according to data on my Apple Watch, um, like last night I slept for nine hours. And so my sleep efficiency is 100 percent. But, um, you know, I definitely don't want to be sleeping nine hours. Um, so I'm trying to fix that. So tonight I'm hoping to go to bed by midnight um as opposed to 2 33 o'clock in the morning um so what else i i don't know if i mentioned it last podcast i think maybe in passing but i started learning japanese and it's been a struggle i've had to kind of readjust a little bit um i was very caught up in writing japanese but you know like learning a language writing it but also learning how to say things And I've begun to realize that it's probably going to be best for me to learn to read it and speak it before writing it. Um, Because, you know, it's not a traditional alphabet that I'm used to writing. Um, You know, it's not like a romance language, like, you know, like Spanish. I took Spanish 20 years ago, but I could still speak some of it um, because I can visualize like words with the A through Z alphabet in my head. And with Japanese, I'm learning new characters. And so it's an extra layer Mm -hmm. that I found that was just like, it just was very hard. And I was getting caught up in the, I can't draw this right. You know, I can't write this properly. And so when I kind of pulled back on the writing Japanese and more like sight reading it and such, it actually has turned out so much better. Um, I'm still obviously a total noob. um, (laughs) But you know, I think it's just something that I've always wanted to do. And because sometimes I import video games and I, you know, they're Japanese, I, I have to either spend hours um, translating, which is fine, or kind of guessing what's happening based on what's happening on the screen. Um, so I thought it'd be cool to at least learn some, you know, I'm not going to learn all like thousands of kanji. Like that's not going to happen. Um, some Japanese people don't even know all the kanji, but I do want to learn the most common so I can at least read, you know, maybe even video game language or anime or manga, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, 
I've also decided to redo my whole coffee setup. <clears throat> and so a couple months ago, I quit the Keurig and I went back to, yeah, <laughs> I went back to pour over, but, um, not that there's anything wrong with my setup, but I definitely, the past couple times I've made coffee, I feel like it could be better. And so right now I'm using like a plastic, um, you know, pour over setup and I've had it for a very long time. Um, I find that like the grinder that I'm using, there's no presets. So it's essentially like a spice grinder. And mm-hmm. so I'm grinding by sight, which isn't necessarily horrible, but it's not as fine tuned as I'd like it to be. Um, so I wanted to just buy some things that are a little bit better um, that could make my coffee experience better. If that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's like, I, I just want to drink a decent cup of coffee. Um, so I decided to get a ceramic coffee dripper as opposed to the plastic, um, to see how that goes. Um, I think that makes a difference. You know, I mean, I, what was happening with my plastic one is that I've had it for so long that it's starting to actually like, it starts to crack. And then it's also like stained and like, it's just very brittle. Um, mm. and I just, I felt that, I don't know. I just didn't, it, it was $3 at the co-op. Like not that <laughs> money means anything, but like it was literally like just something for me to buy to, to make pour of a coffee. Um, so yeah. And I also am going to be binding it, buying a new coffee grinder that actually has settings so I can fine tune <laughs> My coffee grinds, because like I said, I literally am using a spice grinder or like, you know, like I said, I, I rarely occasion. So the last coffee I bought, I actually bought it ground because Eslon is like 10 minutes from me. And so obviously they just roasted the beans. If they grind it for me and I use it within the week, that's fine. Um, because I just, my, my grinding setup was just so bad. Um, so I think we talked a little bit before we got on the air at last, but I think I am going to go with the Baratza Encore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am the person, I am that dude that buys more than they need. <laughs> so I always say buy what, buy the item that is the most expensive that you can afford. In this case, honestly, that would be ridiculous. So I'm sticking with the Baratza Encore. Because it serves the purpose that I need it for. You know, the next level up is another $100, but, like, it has all these bells and whistles that are really not relevant to me. I just want to make pour over. Yeah. Like, literally. And maybe occasionally French press. Um, and grind some coffee for cold brew. I mean, this thing has 40 grind settings. I think that's sufficient. Um, and so, yeah. So, doing that and... um. So yeah, I'm excited, but now I have to, I don't have, I don't have a coffee subscription service like I used to. So I don't know if I'm going to go back to trade. Do you still do trade? We do. Um, trade is, trade is my favorite. Um, my partner really likes bottomless. I'm less of a fan, but, um, yeah, we still use trade. I really like trade because I, 
I never got duplicates, which was nice. And, you know, they have this little coffee quiz when you first sign up. Yeah. And I felt like pretty good about the choices they made based on what I said I liked. Um, and I got introduced to really awesome independent roasters. So I think I'll, I'll do trade again for sure. Uh, what else? That's really kind of it. I mean, I already said I was thinking about starting a new routine. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I haven't really, I, I ordered a bunch of new stationary things to, uh, write about. Um, I'm not going to say totally what they are, but, uh, some pens that recently came out, um, pencils. I ordered this eraser. (laughs) It's not for, I'm not going to, maybe I'll review it because it's so hilarious. Um, it is like this legit serious, um, thing. So it's, uh, it's an eraser. It's called the golden poop eraser. (laughs) Um, it's a, it's a square eraser. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes for you folks. I'll put a link right now in the show notes so you could potentially go to see it. Um, but it's, it's a a rectangular block eraser, but there's like a little window cut out of it. Mm -hmm. And there's a little brown piece of poop in the middle that you can remove. And apparently like it's a good luck (laughs) eraser. (laughs) Um, and it may have the benefits of improving academic ability and fulfilling romance. Um, what? <laughs> I, I'm just telling you. There's this thing. There's this whole. So when I was trying to find the textbook that I could use to learn Japanese, um, there is a whole segment of the like I was determining whether or not I should use school children's books mm. or something made for adults because I figured if I was learning a language from scratch, maybe learning the language as children would learn it would make sense. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole line of, of Japanese language books that the mascot is a golden poop. It's... And it's a thing. And, like, I don't want to, you know, like, knock cultures and, like, you know, obviously, like, this is a, a cultural thing. But poop is a thing. Um, well, let's and, face and, it. Like, poop is a thing for every child. Right. Right. Um, like, in my a lot of my Tamagotchis, like, one of the Tamagotchis I have, the secret character, is a golden poop. Um so yeah, so I had to order this eraser. I don't know. I'm just gonna look at it. Like I'm not gonna use it. Um, but it's just hilarious. Um, so anyhow, I have that some stuff coming to review. So that that'll be that'll be fun. Um, but that's really been it for me. I've been kind of like I said, I, I took the whole last week off just to kind of you know rest after my you know six month long uh, field placement experience. But Les, I'd love to hear about you. So yeah. Um... My world. Uh, so now that I've been vaccinated for a couple of months and most of my friends have also been vaccinated for a couple of months, I have been forcing peppers upon people, which, by the way, Dade, I have peppers for you and tomatoes as well. So I uh, and I joke, I am not forcing peppers on people. I have friends who are also gardeners who I have lovingly passed on some of the extra pepper plants that I grew and can't bring myself to just call and kill. And uh, so I got together with a friend of mine. There's this strip mall on route one where there's an artist and craftsman. There used to be a Starbucks there. So we were going to get together at Starbucks, but it's been so long since I've been on route one and I've been to artists and craftsmen that I pulled in. I'm like, there's a Verizon store where, 
<laughs> where the Starbucks used to be. Okay. Um, so we ended up not getting coffee, just going into artists and craftsmen and walking all the aisles and looking at all the things. And I bought myself a new sketchbook because one of the things that I really want to do this summer is spend some time actually sketching and drawing um, uh, the things that I have in my garden and just like just just drawing more. So I picked up a few pencils and I got myself a water soluble pencil and a couple of erasers. So I'll be I'll be reviewing a few things. Um and I the sketchbook that I picked up is my the handbook series that I just I love. Uh-huh. Um it's got this really nice cover. Um similar um to a brand we enjoy it's got like a nice canvas cover that's got a nice texture but it has a really super nice uh elastic on it so i'm really excited about getting back into sketching this summer uh something that i didn't get to do a lot of last year um i don't know why i didn't draw very much during the pandemic i should have drawn a lot more now that i'm thinking back and and wishing i had done different things um so yeah so I have also been gardening a lot. I have um, have been off the last couple of days. I had a five-day weekend. So I have been shuffling compost, setting up garden beds, putting in plants. I started some um, radishes and carrots. Um, I'm going to do um, pea shoots um, out in the garden. So I'm kind of excited about that. And yeah, so basically my entire life has revolved around getting my garden ready um, for this year and just shoveling a lot of compost. I am very sore. (laughs) Um, It's just, you know, I I was, who was I talking to? I was talking to one of my friends about how the the fact that, you know, my 44-year-old body does not move and cannot do the things my 25-year-old body used to do, like, when I was in my 20s and my 30s, um, I could have shoveled compost all day long. Just, you know, wet compost all day, lifted those bags of compost. Not a big deal. Now, it's a lot. Like, I, I shoveled, like, a, a cubic yard, a square yard. And that is a lot of compost. And it was wet and it was heavy and it was just, it's a lot. Um so anyway, yeah, compost, that's been my life. Um, just before I was working in the garden just before we got on this call and I was so filthy. So I was, I was late, um, just self owning myself here. Um, I was late to the call because I didn't realize how filthy I'd gotten in the garden and I had to clean off. Um, so yeah, not filthy anymore, but wow, was I dirty. So anyway, I am super boring tonight and I'm just drinking water. Um, because I've been out in the garden in the sun all day long, I'm drinking water. I really would like a cup of coffee though. Now that you've been talking about coffee, mm-hmm. um, when we get off the call, I am definitely going to brew myself a nice cup of decaf because we have a bag of decaf. Um, we get decaf from bottomless. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a better decaf selection, I think, than trade does. And we've been just really enjoying having decaf in the evening since we're old. And, you know, I used to think, eh, decaf, it's for quitters. You know, don't, don't do decaf ever. And then I stopped being able to sleep if I had a cup of coffee in <laughs> later than one o'clock in the afternoon. So 
now I'm really enjoying decaf. And I think a lot of um, decaf has gotten a lot better over the last 10 years, you know, with the Swiss water processing versus some of the old chemical process. Um, Mm -hmm. It just tastes a lot better than it used to. Um, Decaf used to be horrid. And now you're getting some of those craft roasters and the artisanal roasters that are doing really, really good decafs. Um, So I'm super excited about that. Cool. And I'm just writing on three by five cards and a Apsara Matte Magic 2.0 that is blue and yellow. I think I might make this my my pencil to use down to a nubbin. Um, One of the things that I've been doing lately is I've been using the same pencil until I can't turn it in the pencil sharpener anymore. Mm. And um, I think this might be the one that I attack next. Um, So... That brings me to the main topic. And so last week we, we had a very lengthy conversation. Um, and there was a nugget in there that I thought, I mean, there were a lot of nuggets in there that were really great, but we touched on the idea of values and priorities. And I think this is such a useful topic for anyone and it is a really great journaling topic and it's something that i've done deep deep dives on um as i've been looking for work so i think i mentioned this um last episode i think that came up that my workplace is is closing and part of that closure i've been looking for a job and i think anytime you're looking for work It's a really useful process to kind of explore your values and also look at the values of the companies that you're applying for and make sure those align. And, you know, just even even if you're not looking for work, um, you know, values are something that when I run groups on boundaries or when I run groups um, with people, we always values always come up like why why are you not aligning with something like what when you don't feel good about something why is that and sometimes it really does boil down to values um and so i'm just going to read a little little nugget from wikipedia about values and personal values in particular cuz that's kind of what we're we're looking at we're not looking at like cultural values or like overlying values. We're kind of looking at the personal values. I mean, we're not kind of, we are looking <laughs> at personal values um, and using that as kind of a reference point. Um, so from Wikipedia, personal values provide an internal reference for what is good, beneficial, important, useful, beautiful, desirable, and constructive values are one of the factors that generate behavior besides needs, interests, and habits and influence the choices made by an individual. This is kind of a big topic, right? It's huge. Values are such a huge topic. Um, and when I when I sat down and I was kind of examining my values, um, and it comes up, you know, I was I was thinking about like why I wasn't in sync with something and really wondering why, you know, like why am I not in sync with this other person? And as I was exploring my values, it's like one of the things that when you're looking for work, it's just like, you should explore your values. What are your personal values? And you can find lists online of all kinds of hundreds and hundreds of values. Um, 
And so my first thing to do was take one of those lists and just circle everything that I felt aligned with my internal values, the things that I think are good, beneficial, important, useful, beautiful, desirable, constructive for me personally. And then I just circled everything. And then I kind of whittled that down to like the top 10 for me. And what I realized through that process was that the reason I wasn't syncing up with this other person is because our values were different or my perceived values of that other person were not different or were different. They like, we just didn't sync up because the things that I valued weren't what they valued. And, you know, I think sometimes that happens in relationships and friendships and, and, you know, in workplaces, this is something that, comes up a lot. People start to feel unhappy or walked on or taken advantage of. And when you're not in sync or your values aren't in sync with the workplace or, or with what's going on, you start to not feel great. I don't know. Am I making sense? Dave? I'm just kind of rambling here. No, you're not rambling. You're making sense because there's this misalignment you're talking about. And so, you know, I can relate. Like oftentimes I, you know, would be in a work relationship or an academic relationship where, you know, all the things that are happening seem to be not out of the norm, but there was still this like, like friction or this like kind of feeling um, of like, why, why don't I like working with this person? Or why don't I like doing this task? And it usually turned out that it was a values misalignment, you know, because, I tend to be that person, um, you know, I, you know, the, you know, the, it's like the five personality traits, the ocean, uh, quiz, um, openness, uh, conscientiousness, agreeableness, um, extroversion, neuroticism. Um, nope, don't know. It. Okay. It, it's a thing. Um, I scored pretty high on the neuroticism. <laughs> so I took that personally. Um, but I more of it into it, you know, I, I'm that person that, you know, is not flexible. So when someone, you know, bends rules or breaks rules or, you know, tries to be quote unquote creative about the process, um, by kind of pushing boundaries, I tend to, those aren't my values. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's fine to have values that follow rules, but there also is this rigidity that I also experience within myself. And so, you know, I sometimes get caught up and stuck when someone is not following the rules. I can't get past that part, mm. you know, instead of then jumping over that, that little fence of like, you're not following the rules and then exploring like, well, why aren't you? I just, I get stuck right there at that like 50 foot wall of like, you're not following the rules. And so, you know, <laughs> there's that value thing, you know, cause a lot of folks, you know, I put my values in one bucket of what I think is important. And then if you have a work partner or even a, a partner partner, a wife or a husband um, or a significant other, you know, you have differing values. And I think where I struggle is how to kind of mix the two while also staying true to yourself. Um, and so yeah. that's what I started thinking about when you were kind of talking about um, this, this mismatch of values. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and then I get like really deep of like, what are even values? Mm. Yeah. 
Well, and so that's like, I, I started sort of in the opposite direction of like, okay, what are my values? You know, what, what are they? Um, and kind of like lasering in to what are those values? And then, so like in my journal, I spent like pages, I filled half a journal mm-hmm. with this, this journaling exercise and like, you know, little tiny, uh, tiny nibbed fountain pens, chicken scratch, because my <laughs> handwriting's terrible and even worse when I'm writing with a extra, extra fine nib. Um, so yeah, like I filled up page after page after page and it was a really amazing experience to kind of sit down and like, okay, here's a value word. And then go deep on that value word. Okay, why did I pick this as a value? Why is it important? You know, like, um, one of the things, like the, um, like the schism between myself and this person. Um, so like the environment is something that's really important to me. So like recycling is really important. And I know that right now, like recycling here in the United States is kind of a, scam and it's a joke and we're terrible all of our plastics going into the ocean america sucks i know that i know all of that but um you know there's this like like minimizing my waste minimizing my impact on the environment hence some of my gardening right um that's super important to me and when someone doesn't share that kind of value um you know they don't recycle that's not important to them it's like you know it's just like one plastic cup after another after another that's like a there's there's like an issue there right um so that was something that came up um as i was like exploring this and kind of like okay what is my issue here Um, i'm kind of flipping through my journal again looking at these pages because it was it was so beneficial um like sitting down and just like exploring this. And then I, I kind of took all of the information and um, like divided it into me and my workplace. Like what's important to me? Like what are my ethics and my values for me personally? And how does that interact with, with my workplace? So this is also, it's a big exercise. If you are revamping your resume looking at your values is really important because you're going to look at how you represent them on your resume. So it was just, I don't know, there was something really amazing about kind of dividing it up and saying, okay, here, here are my, my values for me personally. And then here are my values and how they impact me at work. Um, and then going in and doing like, I wrote about every values word that I chose off the list. And, you know, my first one had like 20 different words. And before I, I dialed it down to just the top 10. Um, so yeah, kind of like thinking about how the values and exploring my values and going deep. So I also picked up some books like the big leap by gay Hendricks. Um, it was kind of like, it's about motivation Mm-hmm. Um, which links in to um, like the values because it's about putting the values into, into place. Um, so I kept like going back and forth between reading that and then working on the values journaling, um, working on some of the questions that came back. One of the things that came up um, 
in a big big leap is the idea of backtalk, um, which just kind of is it, it like that mental chatter that you have, um, like imposter syndrome mm-hmm. kind of feeds into it, and it's just like this chatter. Um, anyway, that was that was a bit of a tangent there, not totally values related, but you know. But I think it comes up in values too. As as I was exploring my values, a lot of my thought processes around um, my imposter syndrome and the things that I want and the things that I deserve mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, how should I be treated in a workplace? How should I be treated by my friends and my family? Because that's a big part of values too, is is determining what's important to you and how you put that out into the world Um, and setting boundaries around things too. You know, that's important. Um, So anyway, I'm, I I think I'm rambling again, but (laughs) no, no, no. Cause I have a Um, lot of unformed thoughts around values and I'm kind of exploring it. And I know like I've mentioned it to you off air, I'm planning on doing a useful journaling uh, issue around values journaling. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of thoughts on it Um, and it's, I don't think I can overstate how important exploring values was to me in the moment where I needed it. Um, it was just, it was, it felt very empowering. Um, it also gave me a lot of clarity around the things that I wanted to strive for. Um, so anyway, that makes sense. Thinking? No, um, you know, I, I too kind of got to that place where recently, where I kind of felt like I needed to re-examine my priorities. I was, you know, as a social work student in my first year, a lot of that, what am I even doing here? All that negative self-talk kind of creeps in. You, you have like one, you know, in my field placement, I'd have one session with a client where it would be like the, like something went wrong or something and, you know, I would beat myself up about it and it would negate the 50 other interactions I had with my clients throughout the past month that went wonderfully, you know? And so this, this like imposter syndrome, this not good enough, or like, what are you even doing here? Do you belong here? Um, what makes you someone, you know, and this is my inner dialogue. This isn't a conscious, you know, I don't, I don't sit down and consciously pull these thoughts up. It's like, they seem to be there and then they kind of come up when I'm least expecting it. And so, I too struggled, um, about like, you know, what are my values even? And what actually helped me was a little bit of DBT. (laughs) Um, Mm, and this, um, I have a DBT workbook and the whole thing. And like, there is a worksheet on actions based on values and it lists. So let's, let's define DBT for folks as dialectical behavioral therapy. Yes. Yes. Sorry I just sometimes I get in a tunnel and I think it's just you and I talking on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yes. Um, So I, you know, and also just to elaborate um, what dialectical behavioral therapy is, is it's a form of like a cognitive therapy that kind of um, brings in things like mindfulness, um, like acceptance, um, you know, learning how to regulate your emotions, how to kind of live in the moment and cope with stress. It's that kind of like stress tolerant, distress tolerance, that kind of stuff. 
Um, and so, yeah, like I was just, it was just one of those things where I was looking through the workbook because my supervisor, um, does DBT groups. And so she's like, go to the DBT. That was like our thing. Um, and it, you know, it was a worksheet that kind of broke down aspects of one's life and like, you know, figuring out what your, what your values are based on those things. And so like, um, you know, you, I first kind of went through that whole, like, what parts of my life do I value the most? Because I think what was happening was I was so overwhelmed with feeling like nothing was right that I didn't even know what part of it was most important to be right. Like, was it my romantic relationship? Was it work? Was it school? Was it my larger family? Um, was it my friendships or what financial health? I, I didn't even know that. And so I kind of like went down a step from the value part and think, thought about what it is that I value, like what category, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of went through when I made my little list, um, I went through why those things are valuable to me. Like, why do I, why is work important to me? Because I figured if I didn't know why these categories were important to me, I couldn't possibly figure out the values and the, the, like this worksheet said, like the actions based on my values I would do like, you know? Um, and so I sat with that, like what, you know, around school, like, like, like why is school such a valuable aspect to me? You know, and it wasn't until I sat with it and figured that part out that the rest of it kind of came. It kind of like once I did that, it was kind of like a deluge of like, okay, so now these are the things that I want to do. And so what are the things that I can do to help me, um, you know, kind of advance, you know, what are what are values within school that I can do? And so part of the reasons why I value school is because I like I like being challenged um, and I like challenging myself. I like things that are interesting. Um, obviously, I have a career goal. That's why I'm in school. Um, and then I thought about like, okay, so like one of the, I remember one of the values I kind of came up with, one of the actions that I could do was to be more productive. Um, and that's something that that word productivity. Um, but I wanted to be more productive with the time I didn't need to work. And so instead of just like, saying, oh, I want to read 100 pages today of this book that I'm reading. Um, think about different ways that I can engage with the text. And I actually found um, when I started to do that towards the end of my placement, um, things came a little bit easier to me because I shifted the should and would and like all these like black and white kind of thinking into like, okay, well, I want to have a conversation with my supervisor about these topics and figure out ways in which I can incorporate them into my practice. And that overall, once I started having larger conversations, I felt that my quote unquote productivity kind of increased because I was engaging with the thing differently. Does that make sense a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And And I think the the key part is like engaging with something differently. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, And so that was a very long explanation on how to like just, figure out what you value. Um, yeah. But I think like, just like productivity, you hear values. And like, I found myself at the beginning, not even knowing what that meant for me. Yeah. I I'm with you. Like when I first sat down, I was like, Oh, like what, <laughs> um, when I first started like thinking about 
um, looking for a new job when I found out that I wasn't going to have a job. Um, the first thing like a lot of the websites suggest is you should sit down and do a values exploration. It's like, well, what the hell are values? <laughs> right, um, right. And, you know, it's like some quick and I had done values work before um, and I've taught values work. Um, so it's not, it's not like it was like entirely new to me, but like the idea of sitting down and doing it right then and there is like, ooh, well, this is a this is a big thing. Um, and I went slightly in a slightly different direction from you. I went and found like lists that just mm-hmm. listed value words. And that was what was useful for me because it was like, okay, I'm going to pick these out. Sure. Um, and it, then I went from there and I categorized them. Right. And looked at how the different words worked within the different sort of like areas of life, you know, like personal, family, relationship, work, etc. And that was super helpful. Um, but was what's interesting. So this is kind of, um, I think in terms of once you like start labeling, these are my values, right? It starts, you start to see how your values, um, when you think about them on a regular basis, how they shape your priorities. Mm-hmm. And for me, it really helped me prioritize what I was applying for and where I was looking for work and what companies I looked for work. Like specifically, I started looking at companies where my values aligned with the company that I was applying to. And that made a big difference. I also started setting other priorities. Like I really wanted um, as part of lowering my impact on the environment, really wanted to um, work on my garden. So my one of the one of my priorities is growing food in my backyard that I will then also preserve in some way, whether it's through fermentation or through freezing or canning or whatever. Some of those, you know, down home things that we used to do. Um, like that's a priority for me because that is like my values influence my priorities. And so that's, that's been a really interesting thing to kind of see how the things that are important to me in my life, how my values are influencing them and also kind of using them as, as a compass, if you will. So, you know, when I think about my values, I'm also looking at, okay, so there's a thing that I want to do. Um, so just as a as a side thing, like one of my personal values is creativity and I need to um, be creative. So one of one of my beliefs about creativity is that it is a pump that you have to prime. If you are not engaging in creative things, you are not going to be as creative. That's just creativity 101. To be creative, you must be creative. And you start doing that in small ways. So but anyway. As part of my creative value, um, when I was walking around and visiting artists and craftsmen with my friend, we were both talking about the fact that we both love printmaking. So I was reading a blog about printmaking. There's a woman who lives locally. She has these really fabulous prints, and she mentioned using this tool for an off-label like printmaking reason. And I was like, oh, my God, I could do that. And so... I ordered 
a similar version of a smaller, a smaller, but similar thing to what she had um, to make a mini printmaking machine. So anyway, um, any one of the things that I would like to do this summer, which I mentioned in our intro is I want to be more creative. I want to draw more, but also the things that I really enjoy. I really enjoy printmaking. So I'm going to start making prints again because that's important to me. Um, but anyway, and I'm making it a priority. So, you know, it is a priority to me to be creative. It is a priority. Um, it is one of my values. And so that's just, that was a really long drawn out explanation of how <laughs> my values shape my priorities and how that leads to an action. Uh, but I think that that's an important thing for everyone to kind of like also hear is that, you know, this, Values exploration seem like a very cerebral, like, here's, I'm just going to sit down with my journal and a cup of tea or a cup of coffee with a nice fountain pen. And I'm going to, I'm going to write about these things that are important to me. And then I'm going to close the journal and it has no impact on my life. No. Um, for me, exploring my values had a very direct impact on thinking about my priorities but also on my later actions. And I think at the end of every year from now on, maybe not, I might, I might, you know, do it when it comes to mind in a more organic manner. Um, Cause I'm not big on doing things at the year end or the beginning of the year that just feels artificial to me. Um, but I think that doing a values journaling exercise on a yearly basis, wherever it may fall is going to be part of my regular journaling practice, because I think values can shift and change. And that also shifts and changes priorities. Like, you know, maybe, maybe my priorities are going to shift on another year. I don't know. It's just something I think, I think, having values at the front of my mind instead of at the back of my mind um, really helps me kind of focus things and also engage in life in a slightly different way. And that, that just came out as really high minded and kind of like a little woo woo frou frou. But um, I think it's, it's, it's real, you know, that's, I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke here. I mean, this is, it was so impactful. And I think everyone should sit down, explore their values, look at how it shapes their priorities and allow them to shape their priorities. And then if you feel like you're wavering or things are askew in life, going back to those values is so important. It's been something that I've absolutely like I've looked at this journal again and again and again. And, you know, I've I've reminded myself of these values and how they impact my priorities. Um, anyway, I got a little woo woo there. Dave, bring us back. <laughs> I don't think you're, you were being woo woo. I think, I think you made valid points, you know, and I, well, I was listening to you. I was also thinking about like something, a word kind of came to my mind and it's something that, that I wanted to talk about anyway, but like part of me figuring out my values was setting intentions and yeah, yeah. Not just like making like a to-do list. In fact, something that I heard, I, I for, I'll have to find the where I got it from, but I read an article that talked about making a not-to-do list. 
And I originally pushed that away because I was like, no, these are absolutes. Here we go again. This like black and white thinking of like all or nothing, you know. Um, but in the very beginning of, of me trying to really lean into to my value, my actions based on my values and the intentions that I set, there has to be this not to do list. And, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit before we got on air. Like, you know, I I am going to delete besides Instagram, I'm deleting all social media off my phone because that for me was something that really just bulldozed all of my values all the time. You know, I, I'm the mindless scroller. I, I even have to delete YouTube off of my phone. I mean, sure. I could go to youtube.com, but it's just jankier or weirder. Um, so I created this not to do list even if I didn't follow it, it was something that I had that was a physical representation of the things that I'm trying to break out of. Um, and that was helpful. And then like, for me, like this idea of intentions, um, you know, it, it really kind of came into play because my biggest issue. And like I said, we talked about this before we started recording is like my sleep routine. And my values, like I value spending, you know, one of my biggest values is spending my day in a way that makes me feel happy, healthy. It's not going to be alliterative. Don't worry. Um, And, you know, here is the P word again, but productive, like I want to get stuff done, whether that is putting laundry away or, you know, cleaning the house or reading a book. Like I want to do things. Um, and so, you know, thinking about my morning routine and setting intentions, when I wrote that stuff down, um, I was finding that a lot of my intentions were just really simple things and that are small. And that's one thing that like, I think people need to recognize is that like, there is no, like, I think a lot of people, they hear values, they hear priorities, they hear productivity, they hear intentions, and they think they have to be these grand, like, you know, like, must meditate for 45 minutes every day. Um, where, you know, I was like that. And, and what really helped me was thinking about, you know, okay, waking up, what do you do? Like, one of my intentions that I've been doing, actually, the only intention that I've been sticking to um, is drinking a glass of water when I wake up. I am perpetually dehydrated. Like I don't drink enough. Um, I never feel thirsty, but I know I need water. And so intending on drinking more water, that's an intention of mine. Um, and so it was something I wanted to talk to you about last. Like, do you like set intentions for yourself? Um, you know, like based on your values, like, like, what do you want more of, like, out of your day? It, do you want more out of your day? Do you, you know, like, do you, like, because to me, there seems to be, like, these, like, it's almost like the equalizer, like, on a stereo. Like, you can turn something up, and then it makes the sound of something else change, and it's always in flux. And so, like, if I want happiness, that's cool. I could turn that way up, but you know what? I may not get as much work done, and that's okay. Or maybe I want to get work done and I won't have time to engage in a hobby or I won't have time to engage in that hobby for five hours. So, yeah, like that really helped me figure things out. Yeah, I I don't so much set intentions, but one of the things that came through 
um, as I was doing this values work um, has been that as I prioritize some things, some of my other things um, have to be deprioritized. So allowing myself some balance and not trying to do it all because mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that absolutely tries to do it all. You know, I really want to do all of the things um, and I have in the past, um, like when I've had long weekends or even just weekends, I would be trying to pack everything I could into my time off mm -hmm. um, because I don't have a lot of it. I don't have a lot of my own time. Right. So I would be staying up until one every morning on a weekend. You know, every Friday night I was staying up until one and I was doing all kinds of stuff. And I wasn't getting any rest. Uh, I would do the same thing on Saturday, trying to do all of the things, uh, um, but feeling really out of balance with it. Mm -hmm. So allowing myself to say, okay, I am not going to be able to do all of the things. I can only do so many things and kind of really looking at the things that are important to be done and also weighing like what in terms of my values needs to be done. Like, obviously, yeah, I, I got to clean the toilet on occasion, got to wash <laughs> the floors, have to do laundry, but also, you know, and I talked about this last week, like, okay, so yeah, I got to do the laundry and I do the laundry in the house because my wife ruins things. Um, she doesn't check <laughs> the pockets and pens get in there. Oh, and all yeah. of a sudden all of like, I wear black for a reason, people. Um <laughs> It's hard to like ruin it with a black pen. So, but anyway, um, like learning how to spread things out so that I can maximize some of my time instead of like having to do something boring like the laundry. So, you know, I might clean the bathroom on a Tuesday night instead of on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it like spreading things out became a big priority so that on the weekend when I have these big chunks of time, I can spend time in the garden. I can be creative. I can work on printmaking. I can work on drawing. Um, and making sure that I, when I don't get something done, that I don't beat myself up. Like, so this past week, because, so this past week, I worked late every night. Um, I only had a three day week. It was necessary that I worked late. Um, so because I did that, I forgot to switch the laundry over. So I had to wash it again because it smelled nasty because it's getting warm. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, like, and I was like, initially I, I was like, oh man, I'm so stupid. I did this thing. But then I like had to step back and I was like, I, I can only do so much, you know, and I forgot I had intended when I got to work because I realized when I, on my way into work that I had forgotten to switch over the laundry. And I was like, oh, okay, when I get to, when I get to work, I'll, I'll text my partner. And I forgot to. You know, I just, I completely, it slipped my mind because I've got so many things to do at work. Um, and it just, it, you know, I was beating myself up for it. And then I was like, you know what? It, I'm just one person. I can't do everything. I can't remember everything. It's just not realistic. And, and allowing myself that leeway, I think is my biggest intention out of my values is that, you know, being gentle with myself and allowing myself balance um has been a big thing that came out of that giant journaling uh time that i spent um so yeah i'm I'm less of an intention setter and more of a let's find some balance here 
Um, though I have done intentions in the past, you know. Yeah. Another thing that it kind of like with my setting intentions, one thing that I started doing, I actually just started yesterday, um, is going back to writing morning pages. Um, for me, it's less of a like values based, but more of like a place where I can put, you know, that stream of consciousness, um, you know, like wake up and just whatever's in this brain of mine, just write whatever I'm feeling. Um, and I'm a very visual person. And so that provides me like a visual space, um, to kind of put stuff. Um, and I mean, it's only two days in, but it's been helpful, um, for me to, you know, I, when I used to do morning pages, actually, that was a way for me to notice patterns, um, and maybe some changes in my values. Um, you know, after undergrad, I took a year off just because for actually it was five years of school. Um, I was just kind of burned out and I, that was during a time when I was doing morning pages and a couple of months in, I went back and I read over some of the stuff that I was writing and there, there was a pattern. Um, and it, it was what made me kind of shift my values. Um, you know, and it's a little bit private, so I don't want to really get into it, but you know, it was a way for me to kind of visualize something that I couldn't even see that was there, but you know, via the morning pages, I, you know, having that stream of consciousness and getting that out, you know, if, if five out of the seven days in a week, I was writing about the same thing, the first thing when I get up in the morning, you know, is this something that's really kind of scratching at me here? Um, you know, is this something, is this a shift I need to make? And so I'm finding that reincorporating that into my life too, um, really is hopefully going to help me kind of work on and shape my priorities and my, my own value system. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. Um, I am not a, I've done morning pages. Um, I've used morning pages in the past. Um, I used them through the pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. and I found them super helpful, but I tend to be a evening mind dumper. Um, when I was, Oh, how do I talk about this appropriately? Um, when I was going through some difficulties, um, at the end of every workday, I would sit down and I would write my, write in a, a brief journal. I did two pages in a pocket notebook, just basically, this is the kind of thing that happened. This is how I was feeling. And, you know, I would notice patterns and things like that as well. Like, okay, this is coming up a lot. This feeling's coming up a lot. Um, what's going on here. So it was just sort of, um, I find the evening mind dump works better for me in terms of exploring what's going on in my head versus in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I've also trained myself through, again, through like a values type thing and using creativity. My morning is structured in a very specific way. You know, I get up, I make my coffee, I sit down, I read my little news email things that I signed up for. And then I generally have an hour left before I go to work, before I leave um, to write or do something creative. And because I've set it up that way, I find that morning pages don't work. And I, and that has consistently worked for me. I've been doing that for years. 
um, to do the morning writing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, and again, like, I think like any journaling practice is helpful, no matter what it is. Um, it yeah. just has to be something that, you know, you're going to do. Um, and I think values journaling is something that can get people into the practice. Um, mm-hmm. because it's not us, it's not something that you're going to sit down and get done in one night or in one hour. It's to me, when I did the values journaling, I spent several weeks on it. Um, you know, it wasn't just a, a one night thing. Yeah. Part of it, I would do like bits here and there, an hour here, an hour there. And that I think spreading it out made it more impactful. Yeah. I think that's what really, really helped. But any other thoughts? No, I mean, I think we, we pretty much, um, you know, kind of covered it all. I think we, we went a little bit deeper this time and I, I really, I've been taking notes quietly because I didn't, I, I tend to make noise when I write, but you, you <laughs> provided a lot of really good ideas for me and hopefully some of our listeners too. But I think, I think this is a good stopping point. Awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. So I just want to thank everyone for their supportive words, both on the website and in the Facebook group. I mean, literally like Dade, RSVP is the only reason I'm still on Facebook. Um, you know, I have also deleted the Facebook app from my phone. I actually, I still access Facebook from my phone because I only go there when I'm peeing. Um, it's at, that's the rule. I can only use Facebook in the bathroom. Um, and it has really, <laughs> it really reduced the amount of time I spend on Facebook. Um, but anyway, um, so it's just, it's really nice to get support from everyone in Facebook. Um, and, you know, we do get occasional comments on the website and I really enjoy those. I just thank you for supporting us and joining the Facebook group. It's just, it's, it's a great group. It's the best group on the intertubes. So if you do love us and you want to let people know about the show, you can share a link to your favorite episode on your social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or wherever, let people know why you love us and why you love us. Um, so anyway, uh, Dade, actually, um, I am all discombobulated. You can find the show online at RSVP stationary podcast.com. You can find me less at comfortable shoes, studio.com Facebook at comfortable shoes, studio, Instagram, and the Twitter at original LC Harper. Dade, where can people find you? You can find me at weeklypencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the weekly pencil. All right. There we go. 